Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. I'm your host, Demi Lynch, and welcome to This Week in Intersectional Feminism. On today's show, I'm very fortunate to be joined by Kripa from the Uncultured Podcast. Every week, Kripa uses her platform to speak to inspirational people in the South Asian community. She's spoken to fashion icons such as Nawel Sari and Roy Singh, and of course, Miss Universe of Australia, Maria Fatil. Kripa is on the show today to speak to me about her experience in the podcasting world and how she handles interviewing such incredible icons. She also spoke about her complicated relationship with hair removal and how hair can sometimes be used as a shield to hide our insecurities. This is Kripa. Kripa, my dear, thank you so much for coming on to today's episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. Thank you for having me, Demi. It's a pleasure to be here. So as two podcasters, as two people in the media industry, as part of our jobs, what we do with our platforms, we like to speak with inspiring people, people that we see as our icons. And you have had a very busy couple of months, my dear, of interviewing some bloody icons, haven't you? I have. I have. I, I can sometimes forget that I'm doing it. <laughs> and, then I'm, and then I'm like posting like a, a video and I'm just like, ah. Oh. Yeah, that's right. I interviewed the person I looked up to for the last 10 years. <laughs> it's all fine. You know that, you know that um meme of the dog in the middle of the house and yes, the house is on the fire. fire. It's just like, like this fine. is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I yeah, could, no. I think I could like hear a little bit of the fangirling when you were interviewing Roy Singh. What was that like? Yeah. What was that? I yeah. <laughs> I honestly, this is a thing. I feel like the assumption is that when we interview and like feel free to kind of disagree, but I feel like the assumption is that, you know, because we're interviewing people that do kind of inspire us, we don't fangirl and we, we, we have to kind of censor ourselves and we have to act like we're they're normal and we're normal and all that. I think that because I'm quite early on in my journey, I do find myself doing it. Um, and I have to kind of tone it down sometimes because it's like, you know, these people are wonderful and brilliant and they've done amazing things. But at the end of the day, um, they also wake up when I wake up and they go to sleep when I go to sleep. And, uh, you know, our emotions are the same. And like, it's, it's something that it's something that we have to kind of remind ourselves of. And I think doing the podcast has made me more aware of that like mm. knowing that hey these are just people and they're just people that are doing really well um we're doing really well um you're doing amazingly and I think kind of finding a finding a I guess a uh finding your place as you as you podcast more and I found that you know towards my later episodes in terms of my mindset some of them which haven't been released finding your place a bit more and holding on to like your groundedness Mm. makes you much more relatable like it makes for a better episode you don't want a whole episode of you going oh my god I'm obsessed with you and (laughs) I love you I do that (laughs) but I think that there's an element of also hey like how did you get here like how Mm. can other wonderful women of color or men of color also do what you're doing because that's a lot of the reason is as people of color people of color that we look up to are often are often um looked at as beacons for that because there are you know they're only slowly starting to become more of us on the on platforms which are 
uh, attainable. And so there's this like unsaid responsibility that they have to be these beacons of light and be these beacons of, you know, this is how I did what I did. Um, and so a lot of the work they do is about inspiring other people of color to come up with them. There's no point fangirling if the whole purpose of their mission is to let us know that we can be like them and yeah, exactly, that we can yeah. do the things that they do. And I'm sure that's the same in circles outside of people of color. Like, you know, that's obviously true for any intersection and any person in general, like looking at someone as unattainable unless they're like Rihanna like I get it I can't be Rihanna (laughs) 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 but if it's someone like you know in the community that has like done amazing things I want to be able to go yeah they're cool they're human and I can also do those things yeah have you ever felt like because this is something that I definitely felt like when doing interviewing these incredible people over the years and people that are really inspiring to when you make the first point of contact and be like hey do you want to come into my podcast I don't know if you've ever heard of me or my podcast but come on to it do you ever like freak out and think like they're gonna reject me I shouldn't even bother asking do you get those thoughts because I get it all the time really I you know what I honestly I'm just like shoot my shot (laughs) I treat it like (laughs) tinder (laughs) if they swipe right (laughs) they swipe right they swipe right and I'm and it's like I mean what have what have we got to lose I feel like I fangirl Mm. and I have to manage that Mm. but at the same time, I have a God complex and it's like, you need to be on my podcast. <laughs> I, like, how can you feel, not be in my podcast? Gosh. Yeah, I mean, finally, here's your invitation. <laughs> yes. oh. um, no, I think that I think that I treat the reaching out as like, hey, um, this is what we do. Um, I feel like you're journey really fits into what we're doing um and I think I haven't really you know I I haven't really um let me say that again yeah so my I think your journey really fits into what we're doing and I feel like you know our listeners would really benefit from hearing from what you're up to and whether it's just us chatting shit or whether it's actually us hearing about what life has been like for you to get to the point that you're at um I think it's going to be beneficial for someone out there and that it it has been um and if they say no I think you know I do feel like it's normal to feel rejection like to feel a bit of a oh you know that's sad that you know like is is it because my podcast isn't big enough and you know my podcast isn't big it's a small podcast and um and so I, I totally understand that people are busy and um, and that there are lots of podcasts out there and that there are podcasts that may be more aligned to their vision and their journey. Um, I do think there is an element of rejection. Hmm. How do you deal with how do you deal with being rejected? Like, oh. like. I'm one of those people I come up with like scenarios in my head like literally just like oh I'm sure they're just so busy they're just they just no actually I'm fine with rejection ghosting that is what I'm terrible at I get who I have to come up with like scenarios in my head be like oh I'm sure they're just really busy they I'm sure they will just stay at their message in months to come and I'm sure there's a logical reason like I just come up with stories in my head and it gets me through the day really I don't care about ghosting when they ghost I'm just like I'm I assume that you haven't seen it and I I'm okay with that yeah that's all yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I mean I think I think that rejection feels more like okay you've looked at my podcast page and you don't like it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) I've had that yeah (laughs) I think that yeah just reminding ourselves because it's better for us as well like mental health wise to to know that like I didn't mean to fall into a space of interviewing people or to even like I have a media I'm doing a media degree um it's not in journalism but it's kind of where my sights are at but I think 
something that we forget is that <clears throat> platforming other people, like amazing people, we're just like a vehicle for that. And so it's okay if it's not a personal thing. I take it as, I don't take it as an attack on me personally. I just take it as, yeah, people are busy and that's normal. And there's just a media outlet reaching out to them. It's yeah. like if Channel 7 or Channel 9, like, you know, reached out and they just couldn't make it. Like, obviously, then that, that's, it's very different to a small podcast. But, um, but being able to separate that and kind of take it as, yeah, this is, this is something that, is not a personal attack on my character although I'm very bad at it I, I'm, I'm super anxious um I say this or like it's gospel I say it like it's gospel um I don't listen to my own advice um I think that I think that if I if I don't get someone on I I don't really have shame like I do pesto sometimes but I've heard the general rule is three times Yes, I've heard that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so three times on any platform. So mm-hmm. one email, one DM and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so once I hit the three, I just go into a hole and then I come back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one that, that like has like all these thoughts going through their head like when they reach out to people because yeah like I, I love what I do I love what I do but yeah it can get a bit like anxiety like not good for my anxiety being like oh is this person gonna respond I don't know, I don't know. yeah this is my, this is my how hours. good is it how good is it when someone bomb says that they're gonna come on the podcast like isn't that just the best feeling oh my god the best feeling in the world I think the most excited I've ever gotten about interviewing someone this was before the podcast this was when I were doing work experience at Commonwealth Games I got an interview with Courtney Act the drag queen oh my goodness and I'm like a RuPaul's Drag Race fanatic like I love everything as you can tell with my (laughs) pop finals of drag queens there oh Um, (laughs) I didn't even see that yes you got uh Katya Alaska and RuPaul there yes oh my goodness that is so cute um yeah I mean wait so when did you interview Courtney Act like for Uh, so when I was like just beginning this podcast and I was doing some radio community radio and I was doing um work experience at the Commonwealth Games and yeah Courtney Act was doing like a performance at one of the Commonwealth Games sponsored events so I was just like yeah this is related to sports I want to interview the drag queen and it's like all right <laughs> I guess I was just like yes <laughs> I don't know sports but I know drag queens so that oh I God. Well, that was probably the most exciting interview, but oh my God, I was so unprofessional. My hands were shaking and Courtney Act had to like put the mic microphone together for me because I had no idea what I was doing, but oh, so nah, it's normal. stunning, so professional, like, but yeah, that one I... I'm sure like knowing how lovely she is, she probably was just like, it's fine. Like, yeah. it's fine, girl. Yeah. Like, I don't think that she would have like been like, oh my God, this intern interviewed me and <laughs> she was unprofessional yeah. <laughs> who, is, yeah. who are some people then that you would love love to have on the podcast now I'm not talking like you know mm. levels like you know Rihanna Oprah Beyonce like people that like I don't know about you but I have like a list of people like a book of people I'm just like I really want to get them on my podcast one day I just want to like be able to talk to them one day do you have like a little list in your head of like people that you really want to aim to to be able to talk to for your podcast? Ooh, that's a really good question. I've been asked this before and I gave a bit of a cop-out answer. So maybe I'll start with my cop-out. My cop-out <laughs> is, I really, <laughs> I, but I'll give you a real answer as well. But my cop-out okay. was, um, I really want to be able to interview my boyfriend. <laughs> like yes. he just refuses. Because <laughs> he doesn't even do social media, does he? Yeah, he doesn't do socials um, and he, yeah, he's barely on there. He's, um, but he's, he's got this amazing story uh, like about an injury that he got. And uh, when he was overseas, he like his bone broke into 37 pieces. And I'm just like, I really, really, really want you to tell that story on a podcast episode because it is amazing. Like the way he dealt with it, everything was amazing, but he's just like, nope. He's like, thank you. You can do. You can be the. You can be the face of the relationship. <laughs> oh, I've dragged. I've dragged my partner onto the podcast several times because he's. 
sometimes like when we have like you know when I mean you have like a really deep discussion with your partner and you just end up like in like three different conversations all at the same time he is just so articulate with like conversations about like really interesting topics i'm just like look let's just use this for the podcast all right this is useless oh. out of it we need to use this for the podcast so yeah i might have stolen him for the podcast several times <laughs> that is so that's so lucky yes, I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> I, I, have go, I have to go coerce my boyfriend into it now i don't think it's gonna happen but um but yeah that would be the dream guest i think uh-huh. that like in terms of um like guests that I would like to have on the podcast, I'd say, um, I would love, um, do you know a look men on? Yes. Yeah. I would love to have them on the podcast. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they're the first genderqueer person that has South Asian person that has broken mm-hmm. into the big leagues and has completely changed the I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's the stigma has been eradicated but the fact that there's a visibility of a South Asian person that exists mm-hmm. on on the platform and is unapologetically themselves yes I can just imagine how much that that kind of helps so many South Asian kids especially like in more conservative situations whether it's family or city or whatever it is I think yeah they've they've just done amazing work and I know that they receive a lot of um a lot of trolling and as does as do most people at that level Mm, but it's just horrible stuff that they deal with yet they're they just serve every time whether it's whether it's like social commentary or sorry, whether it's social commentary, commentary, um, <laughs> or if it's looks or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, fashion. Just, oh my God. That I, just I, amazing. I just want to weigh and, their entire wardrobe, honestly. Like, yeah, oh. I know. And it's so, I think as a South Asian person, mm-hmm. as an Indian person, and I'm pretty sure they're from like the same state as me in India as well. Really? I think, oh, yeah, wow. I think so. I mean, based on their last name. But if, like, as a South Asian person, it's just so unusual to see someone from where you're from being so unapologetically themselves and yeah. being able to embrace their gender. Um, yeah, so I think they'd be, like, an amazing guest. I've um, nudged them a couple times, but you can imagine, <laughs> imagine they're absolutely bombarded. But yeah, yes. that would be a dream guest. Also, uh, Rupi Kaur. What was the second one? Rupi Kaur. Rupi Kaur. I don't know that name. Rupi Kaur is the poet. You know how like um she writes like she writes like poetry, and they're all these like little. It turned into a bit of a meme as well. Um, but like she writes like little poems. Like she started that kind of trend of four line poems. Um, Okay. Wait, how do you spell it? I'm, yeah. I'm literally looking her up right now on Instagram. Yeah, look her up and you'll recognize her straight away. Like, she's very recognizable. When you see her format, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm following her. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I recognize her. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, it's really weird that many times, like, someone will say, like, uh, oh, this person's from social media and stuff like that. And I will not know who it is until I see their face or until I see their Instagram handle. Yeah, like... exactly. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like a blur and then you have to like go into it and like see what they do. Yeah. And I think Rupi, like more than her face, it's like her work. Like yes, she has, exactly. um, mm. yeah, she has like her signature. And I think that a lot of people kind of, you know, people have lots to say about her work, but I think the fact that she's been able to break through and pretty much, pioneer poetry Mm. um for everyone not just like brown women I think that like a lot of people can look back and point at Rupi Kaur when it when when you're referring to like poetry on Instagram because poetry on Instagram wasn't a thing before she kind of started coming out with it yeah she was definitely the one that definitely started all that and since then now it's just become definitely an on-trend thing of like writing poetry on Instagram yeah 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 so it should be really cool to yeah. to interview as well i'm trying to think what mine 
I think the one that I have might be too big for the podcast, but I don't know. I'm just, I would love to interview Tess, Hol- Tess Holiday. I just adore her and what she has done for plus size women in the modeling industry. Like I just, when she came on the scene, like, you know, she, because as a plus size woman, it gets very, very frustrating when I see brands try and be all like, oh, we're being inclusive by having plus size, but their idea of plus size is like a size 10, size 12. Yeah. And the plus size women that they have, they always have flat stomachs. They never yeah. have, yeah, they never have rolls on their stomachs. They never have an actual like, like chunky belly happening or anything like that. Yeah. Or like big chin. hips on big hips aren't plus size like I mean yes of mm-hmm. course they, they are but it's not the yeah. only form of plus size yeah and exactly. I think it's, yeah it's pretty I can imagine it's damaging yeah it gets very frustrating that like the only plus size that seems to be attractive enough to be on brands and stuff like that is if you've got the hourglass figure so you've got to have the big tits you've got to have the big ass got to have the little waist and then if you're plus size then yeah you're fine but so that can get a bit frustrating. So yeah, when Tess Holiday came on the scene, and I believe she's a size, oh, I forget what I forget what size she is, but she's actually a plus size woman. She's got gorgeous tattoos. She's got a belly. She's got all this, and she's just so outspoken about body positivity and body activism. And I just, oh, I adore yeah. her. So yeah, I it would be a dream. Yes. Like, have you reached out to her? Do it. No, because again, I get like. That many times my mom or my partner would tell me, be like, why haven't you reached out to this person? Just like, they wouldn't know I exist. Why even bother? <laughs> I, have Honestly, that, Jenny, I have such a bad attitude with that. I, I feel like she would back everything that you're doing, especially as a fellow plus size woman. And I think she would like, I think, yeah, she, I, I, I mean, if she has time, that's, that's the only thing, but I just, I can't imagine any other reason for her to not come on. You should shoot your shot. All right. All right. I'll shoot my shot. We're committing to it. I'll commit to it. Okay. I'm going to commit to asking Tess Holiday, who's going to be your big commitment, my dear. I need a commitment. Don't say your partner. Don't say your partner. (laughs) (laughs) That is not the same level of of, of Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. Um, I'm going to commit to, because uh, I've reached out to both of them, mm. although I think I might have the wrong email address. Maybe I will, maybe I will, oh, maybe, maybe Waleed mm. Ali. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Because mm. I really like the idea of elevating, like, so, I mean, for context, for anyone that's listening, um, most of my guests are South Asian but I'm expanding to kind of cover all people of color. And so Walid isn't South Asian, he's um, Egyptian. Mm-hmm. And I think that having him on, he was one of the first kind of brown faces in the media. Like I don't remember like a lot of people that were around the same time as him. A lot of East Asian people have kind of been around. Mm-hmm um but yeah he would be cool I'll commit to um asking him yes that yeah that would be amazing and he's just I love him and I love his wife like they are just both so incredible and I love that what he's done with this platform on the project so well is that like because I I did feel like at the beginning like oh he was just like the the token the, the token person of color on the project but he's like so much worked hard to make sure that you know he doesn't just do the stories that you know could you know reach a quota or shit like that you know he does everything yeah. and he's such an incredible yeah interviewer. like yes get him on yes get him on yeah that's your job and you I know to reach out to him yeah I know I know that like for example the project gets like a lot of it gets its fair share of flack for mm. for being the show that it is like I mean I I kind of like it but I mean I I understand that a lot of people don't out of the I options think... out there <laughs> it's that or like the footy show um but <laughs> but I mean no offense to anyone that loves a footy show um but I think that regardless I think the the take that I have is that any person from a marginalized group whether it's a um person of color whether it's a um you know uh someone who is uh gender queer someone who is uh who has a different sexuality whatever it is um 
I think that making waves on whatever platform is such an achievement and what ends up happening is that there's this like over scrutiny on on people who aren't supposed to be there in quotation marks right it's just like oh uh, you know this is why we don't have brown people on tv because look at this guy or like look at this girl and it's like yeah it's it's much more complex and I think that anyone that's doing well I have respect for mm, definitely Burroughs furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So mm. I definitely think we need to go to today's second topic, even though I know we could talk about the media industry and the icons that we love. We know we can talk about that for ages. But the topic I want to rant about is something that you spoke about on your podcast, which is about hair. Hair removal, yes. all that fun. And with summer coming up, I don't know about you, but I'm already seeing ads about like, you know, how to get like get the perfect the perfect legs, wax them off, even though in our commercials, the legs are already clearly don't have any hair on them or yeah. how to get the best laser removal, all that kind of stuff. That is so true. Hair yeah. removal ads never start with hair. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, it's so weird. It's just like, look, if you showed, you know, I need, okay. If you're going to try to persuade me with the right shaver, the right waxing kit, whatever, show me a woman shaving her legs and there's no missing bits. Like, you know, when you shave your mm. legs and there's always that bit near the knee that you always miss mm. and it's just this random line of hair. Show me, she gets rid of it and she doesn't miss any of it. Yeah. And show me two days after. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Can we talk about for the second... The most irritating thing about shaving, other than the fact when you like miss a random spot and you just have this random line of hair, is the, th I call it the three-day itch, when it's just like these random bumps and they just get red and sore and itchy. I don't tell you that in the commercial, I, do I, <laughs> I, Someone said this, it was so funny. Wait, I don't know what it's from. Actually, it was a quote, but it was pretty much like, oh, fuck. I think it was from the new James Bond movie, but someone made the most hilarious comment mm. about like three day like shape like your your vagina after three days um and it's like it, it feels like a baby's bottom bottom and then it turns into like sandpaper or something and I, I don't remember I'm not I'm not like that was um, me that delivering. posted that was it you <laughs> that was me <laughs> was it actually you yeah, oh I, my god is it, the other day. With me? <laughs> is it actually is it on um is it on um, your Nasty Woman page? I'm Hold pretty on. sure I put it on Instagram. I'm trying to think if I have... I just remember posting something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shaving your pubes is all fun and games until it's the next day and your bits feel like sandpaper. And that's said, it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember is... seeing it in the last week. So at least you know that the things you post are sticking. Um, hey. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I saw it in the last like week or so and I was like, oh my God, that is so true. <laughs> that is so true. There's nothing worse um, than that. Yeah. So yeah. I have to ask, there was an interesting conversation. So this is on your podcast, the Uncultured podcast, and you're speaking about how the first time you realized that like your hair the hair length, the hair thickness was like an issue to others, not yourself. When was it the first time then you you realized like, oh, my hair on me, whether it be my arms, my armpits or my legs, like where, when did you realize like, oh, I think I might want to do something to my hair. Like, was it a really young mm. age or? I think, I think I, mm, I think I didn't like really care until like, people my age in kind of friendship groups or family friend circles were all kind of talking about how they were removing their hair and I was like I want to do that too because I want to be cool and that was a cool thing to do mm -hmm. and it, I didn't really think about oh okay this is the implication of it the reason I'm doing this is because of xyz um I just kind of wanted to fit in 
and yeah. or yeah. I wanted to, I want you know when like the cool kids are doing something and you're just like I want to join and I want to I, I want to be part of it I don't want to say that my parents don't won't let me do that it's like mm-hmm. going to a party <laughs> and so when I like when I got and I I used to so a lot of South Asian women specifically we I feel like we do a lot more waxing than shaving um or at least that's how we started I think now kind of people are getting lazier but I think there's a big um there's a big market of like beauty salons which are you know run by people who've kind of moved from India and they um they specialize in that as their job uh to kind of do beauty and um and like eyebrows and like you know um waxing and all that kind of stuff and I remember like everyone was getting their legs waxed and I was like oh I want to do that too and I did and I just felt like cool I don't remember having like any kind of association with it until high school I think I think high school is when I was like oh okay I need to I like I so a lot of my friends um were from an east asian background Mm -hmm. and so um like at least the ones that i was close to and some of my best friends their hair doesn't didn't grow like mine like my hair was quite coarse and long and thick and like you know it was um i mean it's i'm I'm indian right but and i have like less hair than most uh, Indians but I still had more and so when I saw their legs I was like oh man like everyone has really smooth nice legs and I feel like I have to do something about it and I think that was probably a subconscious thing and probably something I only realized as I was talking just now but (laughs) I felt like I had to wear stockings in summer I had to kind of I shaved my legs every two days I um I had to wear my jumper like I had to you know because I because to cover my arm hair even and it's like and this is something I spoke on the podcast with Priya about it was the fact that if I told people that I shaved my arm hair it was like why are you shaving your arm hair that's really weird but if I didn't shave it it would be like ew she's got arm hair so it's like can't do like you can't get it right either way Mm. um and yeah I think when guys started making comments and it's not their fault they're all wonderful people but as in like the people I grew up with I just think that obviously you have this internalized you know entitlement to make comments when you're in high school and some people are just stupid and it's conditioning but yeah people started to make comments or like they they and it wasn't me more than others I think everyone kind of experienced it to some degree and yeah I think it's weird because I I only just recently found out that like hair removal was obviously a thing back in the back in like Egyptian times and stuff but Mm. it really wasn't as bad as it is now um and the reason it is is because it was just a cash grab from like for like Gillette like in I think it was 1912 or something when they brought out the woman's razor I could be so wrong with the date on that but they brought it out as a cash grab and then they started promoting it and they were like you know women should shave and this is a beauty ideal that we need to live up to and they really started pushing it out and obviously when you're exposed to ads especially when you've got a monopoly of like hair removal something like someone like Gillette is obviously going to be um influential Mm -hmm. um people start internalizing that right like now my relationship with hair this is a very long-winded response um feel free to edit it but um responses are are my podcasting dreams okay at least not like a one-word answer (laughs) those are the people I don't like so no never apologize for answering one word answers (laughs) no 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 not at all um I'd say my relationship with hair now is like I don't remove it like every two days I haven't really shaved or done anything for four or five months maybe because of lockdown but I think on that side of it I'm all right I do think that I still have this urge to do my face I think that um 
brown women especially and like middle eastern women we have a lot of hair on our face women with picos um like you've, you've got like hair like on your jawline and your chin and all that kind of stuff so I still feel uncomfortable about that and I still try and do that um and like I've spent I'd say a thousand plus dollars on laser hair removal um but I don't feel as tied to it but I do feel uncomfortable if I'm wearing a skirt and I'm going out Mm -hmm. if it's somewhere really nice I won't wear the skirt if it's just hanging out like in a small group I don't really care but I think I'm still kind of conditioned how about you? And I think everyone's so different, like on what parts of their body they're comfortable showing off, not showing off, that sounds weird, but like what parts of their body they're comfortable showing hair publicly kind of thing. And like, and like I said, like what's with what occasion, like me personally, I get really hairy armpits and I don't, I, I used to be so particular about them because some of my exes and red flag, obviously they Ugh. used to be like, Oh, you have to shave your pits. That's disgusting. It's just like, your, your armpit is hairier than my head right now. So yeah. Shut up. I feel like so <laughs> much of this comes from guys who police what mm-hmm. women should be doing with our body hair. And it's just like, dude, like, it's fine. I had a guy once tell me, oh, you missed a spot. And I'm like, my legs are perfectly done except like one patch. And he was like, ugh, you missed the spot. And I'm just like, dude, your face is like Santa Claus. Like, relax. <laughs> like, like, chill. This isn't like an artwork. Like, I'm not gonna like this isn't like me doing like a construction site like I'm not gonna get banned or something if I miss a certain spot it's just my fucking legs and Mm. yeah like so like with my legs I think I do get self-conscious about them but more in the sense that like because I sweat so freaking much and I just feel like if I if I have hairy legs I feel like I get more hot down there and but like Mm. whereas like armpits I don't really care for even though back back when I was like back in the dating world I used to care about a lot because guys would make comments about that or they would like say like oh you should you you know you should shave down there it's just like excuse me you're in a bloody rainforest right now like yeah Yeah. but something I've actually been something that I always get self-conscious about though I don't know if I will go away I get really self-conscious about the hair on my upper lip because I get really dark hair here and also sideburns wise and I got a bit self-conscious the other week I was at the markets and there was this woman I think she was I don't know what she was doing either threading or waxing I don't know and she just randomly came up to me and was just like oh do you want me to wax off your mustache for you oh fuck excuse me fuck yeah people it's just like people walking around like the do that in shopping centers for like weight loss stuff and it's like dude I didn't ask for your opinion on Mm -hmm. like my body and I think that's just a very it's just a very rude thing to do if you haven't if they if if you're walking past the shop you've seen the shop and you've made a conscious decision that you're not interested like why do you need to be stopped and pulled into it Mm -hmm. yeah like we made the conscious decision not to go there so don't try and convince us by tearing us down that we're not here for that Mm. and I also love what you had to say about laser hair removal I've had laser hair removal that many times people would say to me oh it's so good you don't have to worry about shaving the rest of your life oh it's not painful at all lies it is the most painful thing in the entire world I had I had my pussy lasered and my armpits and my um you know the what they call it snail trail I had that lasered I could only do Mm -hmm. it like three or four times because every single time I was just like crying in pain like it is painful most painful thing and it just sucks that we have to like put ourselves through that just so then what I don't have to shave for the rest of my life if you're I mean if you're like for anyone listening if your partner police is something it's different if you feel like Mm. you want to do something nice for your partner but if your partner tells you that they like want you to do whatever with your body Mm -hmm. I just feel like there is it's just really unfair to put that obligation on women to to like go through all this pain like laser is painful it's expensive um and men have to like men are under pressure as well and I think that's important because they like I have a friend who 
gets his face lasered like he gets his beard lasered because Mm. it takes too much time in the morning to make his beard perfect I've got a friend who can't grow a beard and he feels like less of a man and he um and he kind of feels like you know it's it's he he doesn't care about it but it's like growing up if you're being told like you know this is a cool thing that we're doing. We're growing our beards during study season and, you know, we're going to be manly and macho. And it's like, yeah, this isn't a fight against men. I, this is a fight against toxic masculinity as mm-hmm. everything feminist yes. is. Uh-huh. Yes. And it's, so it's, so when I say like, you know, men don't police our bodies, I don't mean, like, I don't mean, I think it's really easily misconstrued. Like, oh, wow, not all men police you know women's bodies and it's like no but we're just talking about how can we better create an environment where the masculinity is positive mm-hmm. yes exactly yeah how were you um and you don't have to answer this uh, if it's personal but I was gonna say um were you did you have short hair when you were in the dating world no I had long hair no I had long hair and mm. Honestly, I really, really wanted to cut my hair short, but I felt like there was like numerous reasons why I felt like I couldn't. One was being, I thought, oh, no, 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 I'm fat. I can't um, cut my hair short because my face is really round. And like, I normally always see girls with short hair if they have a really slim face or really slim figure. And I just thought Uh like, oh no, I can't cut my hair short. Even though I get so, so hot, like my entire life, I just always get so, so hot and sweaty and which really sucks when you're fat because people just be like, oh, it's because you're fat. It's just like, no, even when I was a size 10, this always happened. And so, yeah, I used to just always keep my hair very, very long because I just thought, you know, that's what guys like. And yeah. Did you feel more desirable with long hair? Yep. Mm -hmm. I also felt like as well, because I've always just struggled with my body image and like over the years, I've just gained more and more weight. I feel like hair when it's long, it's great at hiding your face, especially around the chin and neck area, because I'm very, very self-conscious with my neck and my chin, very self-conscious about it. And I used to think like, oh, if I have long hair, at least I could hide that. At least I can hide the fact that I got like a big face, but it's just like, Mm -hmm. no, people already know you're fat. You don't have to try and like hide it, contour it. Like they already know you're fat and you're you're okay as that. But yeah, yeah, so- like I feel so um strongly about that because I was just having a conversation with a friend um like I think two days ago because I really want to cut my hair I want to cut it like this short and um I'm I'm not fat but um I am not skinny um I am like a size 10 to 12 Mm -hmm. and um and I have always had like weird um a weird perception of my body and I like a hundred percent feel validated in you saying that you know you feel like you can hide behind your hair and I feel Mm -hmm. like that's any kind of insecurity is just so easy to mask when you've got hair just all over it like whether it's acne or whatever it is it's just like I'm behind my hair Mm -hmm. you know and Obviously, I was someone that used to have lots of acne, so I definitely used to use it to hide that as well. Mm. Yeah, and obviously, like I'm not like downplaying at all your experience. Like, it's not it's not even remotely compared Mm. to what you experience. But I think that the hiding behind hair thing is really common, and the and I respect you for like just cutting it off because I really I want to I want to go here like this length, which anyone's listening it's like just shoulder length right and my hair's like currently like up to my hip or belly button um but I feel like the image is that you can only have hair that short or you can have like you know that kind of um uh like that pulp fiction kind of look Mm. if you're if you're really skinny and it's high fashion and it's like it's not really like I'm not aiming for high fashion here I'm just kind of trying to look cute um but yeah you're right it feels like it's accentuating your face but you know I'm I'm like really um really inspired that you were able to do that because I really want to thank you it's definitely been something like yeah because I have been contemplating it so long and 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 I hate how like I hate how hair has like such significance for people but it really really does especially for women and 
I feel like the only reason I've been able to do it is because I've slowly come to realize over the past year or so that like through my early 20s and through my late teens, I all the way I looked, the way I dressed, I always was doing it that reflected what men would find attractive. Like I would look at photos and I would see, and the, and when I say this, this is not at all me saying like, oh, people that dress like this, they're only doing it to like, mm. find men attractive. This it's just is, what you I mean, did. This was just for me. And I would look at photos and I would, I would always wear clothes that always highlighted my breasts because I used to think, oh, if my breasts are on show, then, you know, they will not look at my tummy because of the rolls, because the, the boobies mm. are distraction. And yeah, I used to look at photos and be like, oh, that does not look comfortable. I don't, I look very awkward in that. Like, but- It's not you. Mm, whereas like, and I used to always try and dress in a way that like, you know how like say some certain fashion trends women would generally like, but then some say, especially straight men, they just wouldn't really get. Like I remember yes. I think it was Girlfriend or Dolly Magazine, they would show fashion trends and they'd show the these fashion trends to men and they'd be like, oh, ew, what the hell? That's so weird. Why would you have a fringe yeah. bag and stuff like that? And <laughs> yeah, and so I so I used to think like the the clothes I wear, the trends I wear, it has to reflect what men like, not just not just what I like. It has to be what men like. And so yeah, over the recent years, I've like started to like rediscover my style and like start to wear more brighter things more crazy things just more quirky things that, that because I used to think back in the day oh you can't be like that because men won't find you attractive and yeah yeah that's yeah. so I think I think because I, I was doing that that's how I've been able to like finally decide to cut my hair to unlearn it because mm-hmm. you've pinpointed it mm-hmm. I yeah. think I still do that and I'd say that my fashion sense is and it's, this is a bit off topic, but my fashion sense is definitely on the wilder side. And I think that it's not conventionally like attractive or, mm. you know, something that men would look at and be like, oh, that's hot. It's like, no, she's weird. And I'm okay with that. That's the reaction. Like I want, I like being, you know, who I am, mm. but I think the whole idea of, I think one thing that I really relate to is the thing you said about um, like like fashion trends that are cool for women but like men think are gross and the one that I think can think of something that I really want to do is I I really want to dye my hair purple and I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it this week and and I feel like the reason I've stayed away from it is because oh you know it's gonna make me less attractive and it's like who cares? I'm, I'm going to like it. I'm going to be attractive to myself and my partner is going to still find me attractive. Like that's mm-hmm. not an issue. So what's the, what's the issue? I think I've always just been like, if I have purple hair, people are going to have preconceptions of me or people are going to make judgments about me. And it's interesting that hair has such a significance. You can't have too less of it on your head. You can't have too much of it on your arms. You can't have um, it, a certain color on your head. You can't, Men can have gray hair as they get older. Women have to dye it straight away. Um, otherwise they're going to be a grandma. Whereas if you're a man, you can be George Clooney. It's like, let's just let people live. It's yeah. really not that complicated. Yeah. Let's just embrace the hair the way we want it to. It doesn't have to be some complicated thing like people centuries ago they didn't care about their hair they were worried about just surviving until they got to the age of 40 like and then there's us mm. we're just like hair is just yeah. such a big thing which is which just it just sucks like I've like really slowly have come to realize that like hair can really just be something that could be like a, a creative source kind of thing it doesn't have to be Ooh. something that's deemed attractive it can be like a way to express yourself like like what yes. shoes you wear, what nail polish you have. Like, you know, you can just be. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, it's an accessory. Your, yeah, it's an accessory. Exactly. So, yes, dye your hair purple. Think, yes. Oh, I will. I 100% yes. will. I yes. think that another thing I wanted to say mm-hmm. is um, don't you find it weird that so much of. And I've seen this in, in like, I've seen this discourse and like, I don't know if there's an actual paper on this or anything. Um, so feel free to call me out. But <laughs> <laughs> like the idea that we are to be hairless is just so weird because it's so, um, it's so reflective of like wanting women to be as young as possible, i.e., and oh, so it's like I've had this argument so many times with people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
okay, it's fine to adhere to those conventions. I'm still going to shave and I'm still going to look as young as possible in quotation marks, but it's not a bad thing to recognize that, hey, it has kind of fucked up origins. Um, it feels like a lot of this is associating us with being as young as possible um, and for being kind of being able to be controlled and um, being able to be, you know, at the whims of uh, the men in our lives. And the more you feel policed about that, it should directly correlate with how much control that man has on your life. And if you can't make that decision for yourself, it's like, I don't know, I just find it really weird. And I find it really interesting that there's that parallel because, yeah, I mean, even porn, like everything is just, you know, there's one type of vagina. Mm-hmm. There is um there is one color vagina. Mm-hmm. It is there's no discoloration or hyperpigmentation, mm-hmm. um, which is especially damaging for um South Asian and black and indigenous uh women because it's natural that all our bits, you know, underarms and uh down there's are all gonna be darker. That's that just happens. It's a given. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's totally hairless. Like, why like can't we? Never one little razor bump or like an ingrown yeah. hair. Nothing. Yeah. You just imagine like they're in the waxing room beforehand, just like her ass in the air, and they're just like <laughs> plucking every. Oh my god, there's like one extra hair. It's like, oh, relax. Oh. <laughs> it's just like the, per- the person waking off at the computer. They're not gonna care about a single hair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> turned on by this because of that ingrown hair there no it shouldn't be there that is so funny that is so true <laughs> like <laughs> but, yeah it, it, what about do you reckon they put makeup on like down there surely surely but they would have to have a lot of air conditioning because how does that not sweat off like sex yeah. is sweaty like well, then again, I don't know how they do it without getting sweaty at all. Like, they have these big faces of makeup, these gorgeous, luscious True. hair. And it's just like, how do you not get sweaty? And just, True. I don't know. I've always been, it sounds really weird to say, I've always wanted to, like, go onto a porn set and, like, see how they do it. Like, see, like, how, like, is it, like, very much like a movie? Like, you know, it's very orchestrated. Or is it just like, all right, you two, bang, go. We'll film in all the angles. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's like a movie in like ethical situations. I'm sure it's like a movie. Mm. Um, but if you ever get an invite to a, <laughs> um, like plus one me, I'll bring I'm... along. We'll bring the popcorn. <laughs> we'll watch along. <laughs> we'll give them some critiques, being like, "That's not realistic. No, that's yeah. realistic. You need or, to give them more foreplay. play." Mm. <laughs> we have to get an invite to the pre so we can see exactly how they get every single hair off. Yes. Um, exactly. so we can we can emulate the femininity in our everyday lives. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So I think to finish off today's episode, we have to go to the weekly highlights and lowlights of the week. So, my dear, what is your – let's start off negative. We'll finish on a positive note. What is your low light of the week, the past week? Oh, yeah, I was thinking about this before. Um, I would say my low light is my – is honestly, it's my the state of my bedroom at the moment. Um, I had a plan to clean it, and I'm disappointed in myself for not. And I think – you know how they say that like your environment really affects your mood and it really affects like how happy you are. And so that one day of me not doing it 
has just affected me for like four other days. And because I haven't had time in those four other days, it's just like been a ripple effect. So my goal is to clean it before tomorrow. Um, But that was my low light because it's really affected my mood throughout the week. It makes me more anxious, makes me more depressed. And, you know, it's just a, it's a reflection of how I'm feeling on the inside. And that's just never a good thing. And if I can change the outside and control it, it can, it can help me control my inside as well. Mm-hmm. have you ever gotten to a point where your room is so messy that you have like you, you can only sleep on half the side of the bed I have done that so many times this is before I lived with my partner of course otherwise he'd be like honey we have a problem if I can't feel in the bed <laughs> but I would like start to clean my room but I would get like really really into it and be like okay I'm gonna organize this shelf and then I'm gonna organize these books here I'm gonna do a big wipe down and then I have everything on the one side of the bed, I'm just like, oh, I'm too tired. I'm just going to go to bed and do it tomorrow. Yep. And then a yep. week later, my stuff is still on the bed. I'm sleeping on the very edge. Is it turns into like a two-week affair. It's like yeah. you have to find a motivation two times or three times to get it yes. done completely. Ugh. Never let it get to the States, my friends. But mm-hmm. it is, um, it is, it is going to happen because my parents get a cleaner in and so the cleaner is coming tomorrow and so I have to clean my room before the cleaner comes otherwise she's gonna have a heart attack <laughs> I love that I love that you have to clean she's gonna room. be like I need to get paid double <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you know your room is messy when the cleaner judges you <laughs> yeah oh 100% I know she already judges me like so this is just I cannot I can never let her see it get to this date can't disappoint her (laughs) I've got cleaner issues got cleaner issues I love that oh gosh what was your Um, my low light what is my low light oh my cat keeps pissing on my towels that's my low light the most random thing she has this thing she if anyone has a cat and they know why they do this feel free to send me a dm but pretty much she always like tears down at my bath towels and she pisses on them and that many times like i walk into the bathroom and i just think oh the towel's just fallen i'll just hang it back up oh no yes i have shamefully have dried myself this is not just once. This is on several occasions. Sadly to say, I've dried myself with a towel that has been pissed on. And Oh my God, Demi, make- that's so gross. It is the <laughs> most disgusting thing in the world. And this is why I don't have children because that is my limit. <laughs> this is my limit. So... Oh my gosh. So, oh, yes, that is that, that is, is a fair low light. That is my fair low light. Yes, my cat keeps pissing on my towel. So yeah that's <laughs> well I, I I can't help you there my my partner had a cat for 14 years so maybe he knows but I yeah my dog was just so well trained like not even well trained he was just I think he was fearful of my grandma mm. <laughs> like he just was like if I piss in the house I'm going to like die and so he just <laughs> never did that <laughs> he's probably a reflection of you being a nice cat mom maybe oh she she owns the house like I'm her bitch pretty much like Aww. I love I love her with all my heart and oh my stream's getting sweaty I love her with all my heart but yeah she's just a bit of a bitch when it comes to the towels and yeah. and killing lizards whenever I could take out the washing she's just like I'm gonna chase lizards but I'm not gonna eat them I'm just gonna torture them and I try and chase her and catch the lizards and then she chokes on them so She's an interesting. Oh my god! My dog did that as well. My dog did that as well. He got so excited. There'd be like half a dead lizard in in the backyard, and it'd be like, ugh, ugh. Animals are weird. They're so weird. They're so weird. (laughs) Very weird. weird. (laughs) What's your cat's name? Uh, My cat's name is Aurora. Oh, yeah. Those are lovely names for pets. Thank you. Yes, it's named after. I think that's what's it. Uh, Sleeping Beauty. Oh. need to add some disney-ness in there Very and, then, cute. Yes. and then i got my dolce over there yes mm-hmm. so what is your highlight of the week my dear you've had a lot happen very curious what your highlight is i've had a busy week yes. i'd say i had a great week i mean interviewing maria was definitely has to be up there she is just mm-hmm. a breath of fresh air i also interviewed um rishi page who is a um who is a model and um like body positive model and a um and a like advocate and she actually was she's south asian but she's of indian heritage but she was adopted by 
white parents and so I was just really interested to hear like how what her relationship with culture and stuff was and she was just so pleasant so both of them were just such a pleasure but I'd say my highlight was I went to um I went to a spin class for the first time like in four months I moved my body and it was just very (laughs) thankful of me um I was just like it was a bit confused it was like why is what why 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 is everything moving but um (laughs) but it was really good it was a really good session I felt like I burned a lot and this gym was really good because they don't judge it based on how like how much like how slow you are for example I was very slow um at cycling compared to my partner Mm -hmm. but they do this thing where they just base it on your heart rate so it's just based on the effort you put in so even if you're super unfit which I am so like I was super unfit but I was just like I still was at the same heart rate as my boyfriend so I was like oh that means I'm putting in the same amount of effort so it's based on effort rather than like you know your um your like actual fitness because yeah I don't I it's it's never a good feeling to kind of go and feel like you didn't do good enough or not a good workout but yeah we'll see if I actually continue and maintain some kind of rhythm because I think my body's just been in shock through lockdown and I don't really exercise and so um I think I need it for my mental health so yeah that was definitely a highlight dragging myself to the gym for the first time and it's good to challenge yeah. yourself. Like you feel good afterwards and you just feel like, like, I don't know. It's, it's, and also just nice to get out of the house. <laughs> That's true. It's that is nice true. I saw the, the sun. That was my Ooh, highlight. The sun. You saw the sun. How, how is it going? Is it going okay? Yeah. It's, it's, a, a, bit, it's a bit, um, it's a bit bright. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> how about you? What was your highlight? My highlights will have to be, I'm probably like 10 years, as always, I'm always behind trend or whatever's happening, but I'm like probably like 10 years behind trend on this. I finally finished the series of the Avatar, The Last Airbender. My partner got me into it. And I'm, look, when I first started watching it, I'm just like, oh, it's just a cartoon. It's for kids. I don't want to watch that. Oh my God. It is the most wholesome beautiful thing in the entire world you will cry you will laugh and I think oh I just absolutely love it so I finished it over the weekend and I was a big bawling mess and it was just amazing it was just like you know when you just finish a series and they actually finish it properly and in a good way unlike some other shows like Game of Thrones How I Met Your Mother all that yeah it was just such a satisfying ending so I was just like yes there's all is good with the world it has a good ending (laughs) so that made me very very happy that I actually really like you say that you're behind but like I I have just failed to get on the train I think I watched a couple episodes back in the day when it was popular Mm. but um I've just been so bad and I have a friend who's obsessed with it and speaks like all the laurels um and so now that there's two of you I kind of have to. I think you have to commit to it. Yes. It's, yeah. It is one of those series. Like you do have to like watch probably like a good couple of episodes to get into it because like, I think, I think what I've noticed with a lot of TV series is that they work on stereotyping the characters very hard in the early episodes. So we kind of know what they're yes. about, but then True. after a few episodes, they don't really have them very stereotyped they actually like give them a bit more character development and stuff like that yeah but yeah uh, it's just so good it's just so good and I just love it and there's this character in it that I really relate to because all he does is talk about tea and food and I love it (laughs) oh my god I love that that makes me very happy yes but yes that is my highlight of the week and I think yes you need to watch it watch it watch it watch it I will I will I will have to I'm um I'm I'm gonna actually commit to starting it and I will report back I'm sure I'll love it I've only heard good things yeah anyone that says anything bad about it obviously like they just need to be cancelled out of your life (laughs) yeah fair enough (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much lovely for coming onto the podcast to talk to me about everything (laughs) I really really (laughs) appreciate it like we spoke about like you know from tv shows to only friends to uh hair removal to 
just about everything and I really yeah. really appreciate it and I could probably rant to you some more probably could probably I rant probably to you. could too yeah thank you for honestly thank you for having me here it was a pleasure to chat and um and yeah I feel like I probably went off top a lot and I answered your questions <laughs> with questions <laughs> so good luck editing <laughs> uh, but it's been really fun yes. um I I respect all the work that you do you're doing an amazing job and um and I'm really excited to see where you go thank you thank you so much thank you so much for listening to today's episode with the amazing Cripper do be sure to give her a follow on Instagram at unculturedpod. And make sure you give her podcast, Uncultured, a listen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Not only is Krippa a great interviewee and also a great interviewer, her platform, Uncultured, has become such a brilliant avenue to discover just some of the incredible people in the South Asian community across Australia. If you enjoyed today's episode of TNWC, Make sure you give us a five-star rating, leave us a review, and send us a DM. As always, I love hearing feedback, and I love hearing from each and every one of you. So make sure you're also following us on Instagram at the Nasty Woman Club, and I cannot wait to see you on the gram. Anyway, that's it for today's episode. I'm your host, Demi Lynch. Stay nasty, everyone. We at the Nasty Woman Club pay our respects to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. We acknowledge that we are on the stolen lands of the Yarraga and Turbul people, whose sovereignty was never ceded.